Welcome to Brains, Bibles, and Beyond, where we discuss theology and worldview apologetics. I'm Nate Day with Think Like Christ Ministries, and I'm here with our resident theologian, Joel Willoughby, with Brains and Bibles. If you would like more information about our ministries, check out our websites, brainsandbibles.com and thinklikechrist.org. And on whatever platform you are using, please like, share, subscribe, do whatever else you know you should do to help us out. If you have any questions, send them to podcast at thinklikechrist.org. And all you budding theologians out there, go grab your favorite theological coffee receptacle and enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, on today's episode, we are going to be exploring, do animals prove a creator? Oh yeah. So. It's pretty exciting stuff. Love animals, who doesn't love animals, right? Okay. Most so people, people do. Most people do. <laughs> I'm sure there's some who don't, but. You know, in general, I think that creation proves a creator. Okay. But I just, you know, today I thought it'd be really good. It's always fun to kind of get into that Genesis section of things. Yes. And um, I love showing evidence for a creation. I think it's important to say that it's not because of evidence that I believe, but evidence does give us encouragement and confidence in things that are out there. And it can help corroborate what we do believe. Yes. And it just helps communicate that this is not some dumb thing. This yes. Is, this is right. real. Uh, there's scientific basis for all this. One thing I like to bring up is uh, actually with mosquitoes. But don't worry, we're talking about killing them. Yeah, <laughs> which is everyone's favorite thing. Now, I I have not I've never had something like malaria before, but I hear it's pretty rough. It's pretty yeah. bad. I've had friends that have had it. And is that right? Doesn't sound great. Yeah. Well, back in the forties, nineteen forties here, um, they were using this stuff DDT. Now, some people might you know they, they might sound familiar to some people. Uh, the DDT came out. And they were using it, that and like typhus, there's other little insect-carried diseases that sure. are going around. Yeah. So they're <clears> using <throat> the stuff, spraying around to kill these mosquitoes. And boy, it worked like crazy. It killed <laughs> almost like every one of them. Almost every one of them. But then what happened was people kept using it. And less and less would die. Until it got to the point where... Mosquitoes weren't really bothered at all by this DDT that normally almost was a complete genocide for the mosquito population. <laughs> and so what some people would say is, well, that shows that there was evolution. You know, they're saying, look, the mosquitoes evolved to get stronger and be resistant to this stuff. And of course, one of my questions is always, if they died, how do they learn to get stronger? You know? And so if they didn't die, that means they are already strong, you see? And this is part of the creationist perspective here. The ones that the DDT did not kill, they already had the genetic ability to resist yep. it. They had the resistance already built in. So then, the ones who lived. What, what happens then if the only ones that are alive are the ones that have this DDT resistance? Now, this, this wasn't the only ones, right? But in these concentrated areas. Sure. That that was the majority then. Um, so then what happens with the next generation? They have the resistance. Right? Yeah. Yes. It, it gets passed down. Yeah, exactly. And so like normally you'd have like strong and weak reproducing. 
But <laughs> now they they made it so all the weak died, only the strong reproduced. <laughs> and and so then you have these like super mosquitoes. They're all resistant to DDT. And that's what we have now. Thank you, DDT. <laughs> yeah, largely, right? Yeah. Um, so, the, but then you always come up with something else, and there's always yeah. this group that survives, you know. And, and that, this happens with bacteria. This happens with, so, you know, you look at your soap. Why does it say kills 100% germs and bacteria? <laughs> You'll never see that. No, 99.9% .9 every time. <laughs> because they know that there is this small minority that they will not die. They're already resistant to it. Yeah. So then what happens? You, you kill everything except those super-duper strong ones. So then they're looking to reproduce. Guess what they're going to find? Only super-duper strong ones. That's why we keep having more sicknesses and everything else, too. Anyways, <laughs> so these mosquitoes are actually a proof of not evolution, but that there was an intelligent creator that made an amazing creation. So that even through all this time, they are still surviving and thriving. Well, and something to remember, too, is... The ones that live, they didn't turn into a different species. This is true. I mean, they're still mosquitoes. They're still mosquitoes. Yeah. So, they didn't they didn't change into something else. Well, you know, and if and, and things do speciate, and, and in and in ten million years, there's still going to be mosquitoes. Well, they're not, not going to change. Into, well, yeah, most likely, when I hope around. the Lord returns. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's always the answer. You add more years, and then eventually yeah. it'll change into something else. But that's not true. There's still going to be mosquitoes. So, doesn't matter how many kill with DDT, there's still going to be mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been something different about mosquitoes before Genesis 3, you know. You don't Surely. think their whole purpose in life was to suck my blood? <laughs> maybe they ate, like, fruit nectar or something. I don't know. Or maybe it just didn't bother us. Maybe just, like, maybe. borrow a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? I'm sure, there was, a, I'm sure there was a good purpose. <laughs> Who knows what it was? There was something there. There was something there. But these, so that, so that's, that's kind of a cool little thing. Yeah. A lot of times I've heard evolutionists use these mosquitoes, the DDT, and say, hey, look, evolution's real. And then, of course, this happens with all sorts of insecticides, even. You talk yeah. to the agricultural community, they'll tell you all the time, you got to keep buying new stuff, yeah. you know, because uh, they get strong and resistant. Why well, are they evolving? No, you killed all the weak ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you created this monster, <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of my, uh, we're talking about animals in general here. So, uh, the giraffe though, I'm going to get one very specific thing and then talk about some other deals here. So the giraffe, I always think it's a lot of fun because you think about this, what, why would it have these super long legs and long neck? Because through the evolutionary process, it would have started out as like sludge, you know, and had to come up, you know, fish. Amphibian, reptile, you yeah, know, all I'm these things. Yeah, sure on the family tree, but yeah. That's like, <laughs> that kind of idea. Yeah. And bunch, of, bunch of lions, different animals. So then what I'm thinking is, if I were to buy into evolution, I would have to believe that there was some kind of like a, like a rodent horse looking thing. and um, A it, rodent horse? Something. Okay. Well, we don't have any transitional fossils. It's a big problem. So it's, it's hard to know. That's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a major problem. <laughs> but anyways, so... Um, you have this some kind of a creature, an early giraffe thing, and I imagine that you know, using my sanctified imagination, partially sanctified, <laughs> um, that this giraffe is looking up these leaves and thinks to itself, "Man, those things look really tasty." You know, mm -hmm. if only um, I had a long neck. If only, you know. Now it's eating; it has to eat right to live. So obviously, it's eating enough to survive and everything where it's at. But it's looking up, thinking, "Man, I, I have a dream that one day." I'm going to eat those leaves. 
And so, so it, you know, it's trying its hardest and, and grows about a tenth of a millimeter, you know, in its lifetime. Well, so it goes home, you know, talks to its kids and it says, you know, kids, he's on his deathbed now. This is like later in life, Mr. Giraffe, he's on his deathbed. He's like, kids, I have a dream to eat those leaves one day. Will you follow my footsteps and grow longer so that one day we can taste these leaves? You know, someone in our family is going to taste these leaves. So then after, you know, millions of years of generations and they're passing down this dream and it stays alive the whole time. Finally, there's this giraffe that finally is tall enough and, you know, just barely gets a little, you know, leaf there and, and then think, well, this tastes just like the leaves down the ground, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was the biggest bummer in the world. So that all that worked for nothing. And you know what? It was really, it was really strange that about nothing else thought it was worth it to taste those leaves. You know, why, why just that one creature? So then you look at it like this way. So the giraffe goes down to the water hole, right? You know, Africa, somewhere around there. Goes down to the water <laughs> hole, gets a little thirsty. And you think he's so tall now. And he, he leans way down to get a drink. Well, did you know the giraffe heart is like 30 pounds? Yeah, I've heard that. It's this gigantic Never thing. actually seen one, but I, I've heard. It's, it's amazing. But so our heart is like roughly the size of your fist, the human heart. So well, it's like the roughly size of your fist. A little bigger. I got a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> big heart. You do. <laughs> you I got do. a big heart. Well, so the giraffe heart's like way bigger. Okay. You, so you think about the power it has. It's like exploding things, you know? And that's exactly what would naturally happen. That giraffe goes down to take a drink. That heart's going to shoot that blood like a rocket. Because now it has gravity, <laughs> has gravity going with it too, and naturally, the giraffe brain would just explode, Boom. done. <laughs> so then, of course, you know that the giraffe then slowly its brains came back together, and it's it kind of got in its feet again somehow miraculously, and decided, I better do something. But about not this. too miraculously. Yeah, because that'd be crazy. Yeah. So they would. <laughs> so then, so that he. He realizes he has to evolve, you know? And that's kind of an interesting thing because, you know, with evolution, we tend to give it, like, divine attributes. You so, know, it decided, that kind of stuff. So the giraffe not drink until... I mean, I'm confused. Well, it, it's a big problem. Now, oh, I'd say. It's a good thing that we you have. you drink, your head explodes. <laughs> I, I don't know how this works. What's the giraffe do today? Do they not drink? They do drink. They do. And the head doesn't explode? It does not explode. Do you know no. why? It's a really cool little thing. There's actually this uh, special sponge ah. at, the, at the back of the giraffe brain. And this special sponge, what it does is it'll, it'll absorb it'll absorb all this blood. It comes shooting down. It absorbs in the, in the sponge. So it slowly releases into the brain. So how many giraffes died... Before the sponge was evolved. Well, it would have to literally be all of them. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> That's the crazy part. So, so the, you think about this. Like, let's say it didn't have the sponge and somehow it took a drink. Somehow it didn't blow up. You know, you you still have another problem. You know, let, let's say let's say it sees the lion coming, you know, jerks its head up. Well, you know, I'm not super tall like that. I'm kind of tall, but I'm not super tall like no. that. And if I'm laying on the ground, like I'm down really low for a while, and I jump up real fast, you know, guess what's going to happen to me? You get dizzy and fall over. <laughs> I get a little lightheaded. You know, I stumble around a little bit. Well, the giraffe would just pass right out. 
the lion will just have a free meal. Just eats it up. So once again, it has to, you know, after it's been digested and excreted, gets itself back together <laughs> and decides, I got to do something about this, you know, and, and, and figure it out. Well, the sponge takes care of that too. So you're not really painting a very believable picture here for me. <laughs> to, to be an evolutionist takes a lot of faith. I'd say that. I'd say that. Now, true. my evolutionist friends, they hate when I say things like that. But, yeah. but I still believe it. I still believe it. I, I haven't been convinced otherwise yet. So. I haven't either. So then the draft, the, that wonderful sponge, when it jerks its head up, it's, it, the blood goes into the sponge and slowly, so slowly comes out of the brain and then slowly goes back into the body. And that's how it doesn't pass out. That's convenient. Isn't that cool though? It they is. can do that? Yeah, it, it's really cool. But so then, <clears throat> so we, had, we had a lot of fun with the draft. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there's, there's a few other little observations you can make just in general. Think about this. When the giraffe sees that lion, mm -hmm. it gets scared. Now, it, it, it sees the zebra right over here, but it doesn't care. It doesn't care there's a zebra there. The zebra's not trying to eat it. <clears throat> well, the thing is, for it to learn that, means yeah. there, had to be a, <laughs> been eaten. there had to have been some bad days. Because, you know, there's things <laughs> where, like, animals eat things, but don't eat everything. So, like, other animals know if that animal wants to eat me, if I'm the kind of food that it will eat or not, you know? That's an interesting thing, right? And, and, and so the, the giraffe knows that zebra doesn't want to eat me, but that lion wants to eat me, at least could. <laughs> and so... The lion it, also wants to eat the zebra. It, you know, the lion's fair. It doesn't play favorites. So when the zebra <laughs> and, the, and the giraffe are running away... Are they trying to kick each other in the knee? Because <clears throat> you don't have to run the fastest, right? You just have, you just have to outrun the other guy. <laughs> you just can't be the slowest. <laughs> you know, so, so the thing with prey and predator is extremely interesting. Because if life just somehow came to be and then somehow just started to sprout around the earth. Mm-hmm. How can it be that we have perfectly balanced ecosystems around the entire earth? Now, mankind can unbalance and rebalance ecosystems. And so there are some unbalanced ecosystems, but it's because we did something, you know, and, and through some work, we can actually, you know, fix it. Mm -hmm. But naturally, left to itself, there are perfect ecosystems all around the earth. Um, how come the predators don't eat so much prey that now there's no food? So all the prey's dead, then they end up dying because they don't have any food, you know, and everything's just dead. Like how is there all these ecosystems, <laughs> you know? And and the, the thing is like the prey all has to reproduce way more. But you yeah. know, the predators don't reproduce much. Prey always out reproduce predators. If evolution was a thing. I mean that brings up another thing. Yeah. So while this giraffe, Mr. Giraffe, is evolving and creating himself into all these different things, at the same time, and in the same place, Mrs. Giraffe also has to have gone through the same evolution process so that they could meet, so yeah. they could be little giraffe. Right. So not only does the evolution process have to happen, it has to happen for the male and female yeah for the to be reproduction mm. 
over the last 14 billion years in all of the universe, this has to happen twice for every species in the same time and space. It actually gets even more complicated than that. Yeah, it, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, the odds are, are difficult to, to believe. It's in, it, so, And this is for every species. If I were, well, actually, I, so one more thought on the reproduction thing uh, with, the, with the ecosystems, and then I'll come exact because it ties in anyways. And I'll come back to your thought because you have a really good thought there. So, you know, with the, the prey and predator, there's always this rule. You, know, you think of evolution, if I was a predator, I would figure out how to reproduce more. If I was a prey, like if I was some stinking rabbit, I would probably figure out over hundreds of millions of years, I'd probably figure out I a better... You would. You'd be dead. <laughs> well, really, that's yeah. really it. But you, you would think you'd have a, some better defense system than running diagonally. <laughs> hey, have you ever tried to catch a rabbit? <laughs> it only works because they reproduce so much. Yeah. Because a lot of them don't make it. They're good at math. <laughs> they can multiply. I forget the statistic, <laughs> but like the the amazingly low percentage of rabbits that actually like live. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, yeah it's. You just see the rabbits in my yard. My dogs <laughs> eat them all the time. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. One time, one time, my boys saved a rabbit. It happens. There was this like stray cat, ah. and and it was just kind of it was a friendly thing. It just kind of come around, whatever. We we didn't really do anything with it. It just came around. And uh, we had tons of rabbits in our yard around there, you know. And, uh, you know, cats, they play with their food, right? They, they yeah. like, it's a bloodbath if they have their way. <laughs> they like mice or whatever it is. Well, apparently the cat, like, ran after this rabbit and just started, like, you know, chopping it up, passing it back and forth, you know. And so <laughs> yeah. the, my little boys, pure in heart, pure as a driven snow, they, except for their sinfulness, but they, they, they run out, they run out, and they're like, you know, they, they, they save the rabbit. They scare the cat off. <laughs> this poor thing. He didn't want to be saved. It was it was now going to die an even slower death. <laughs> it would have been better it to would, be It wouldn't eat or drink. They, they put it like in a little box. And they put like grass in there and stuff. They tried to, you know, it didn't work out. Eventually it stopped yeah, moving. It. Yeah. It took a while. It happens. It happens. It took, they, they, had, you know, they learned some lessons that day. Anyway, anyways. So, <laughs> why is there not a better defense system? Look at the scorpion. Hard skin. Like, it's a hard shell. It's got, it's got the sharp pinchers. It has the, 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 the pointy tail, and, and most of them have venom in it. You know? The, the rabbit goes, I'm just going to stick with the running pattern. Yeah. <laughs> you or, know. Or a hung, hunker down and hide. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. Okay, so, going back to your point, though, because you made a really good observation. So the, the idea is like, let's say existence came from non-existence, which is already too hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's say... Nothing became something. Yeah, right. It chose to. And then blew up. When it didn't exist. Okay. But then eventually you have life coming from non-life. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that happens too. So somehow the first moments of life, you have to... And you're already kind of saying this, so I was playing off of that, but you have to have... A male and a female uh, of the generally the same kind of whatever it is mm -hmm. and a male and a female it has to know what to get into itself food right has to know what to get into itself it has to have the ability to get it into itself 
it has to have the digestive system to process it. It has to know what is good to keep in and what is bad to get out. It has to have the processes and know how to get the bad out. It, it has to have all the basic survival things of like possibly breathing or movement, getting food. You know, there's, there's a couple of basic things that have to be there. And then not just that. The male and the female, they have to be male and female because you can't have just male and just female. <laughs> you can't just be one, you doesn't, know. It doesn't work. It doesn't real, work. Real well. And you, but then they have to have the most part. Um, all their reproductive organs and they have to be completely fully functional and they have to be able to find each other and they have to be able to know how to do everything and then have the processes to actually um, sustain the new life that is in them and produce it and take care of it until it's independent. They, they also have to actually have the desire to reproduce. And that's one thing that's always a sticking point. And I probably like to do a longer session on that alone is the desire to reproduce. Hmm. And um, it gets more complicated beauty. It's something that only a creator could offer. It doesn't make any evolutionary sense. But so just animals alone, just the existence of animals and how they thrive and how they have these ecosystems and, you know, as you see, you know, the, the, the giraffe and stuff, even it's just, I think, an overwhelming amount of evidence alone that there had to be some kind of creator. Now, of course, yeah. we're saying that's Jesus Christ, very yeah. specifically. Yeah. According to the Bible, accurate piece of history there, Genesis 1 through all of it, and, you know, <laughs> every bit of it, right? And the whole Bible. And so, you know, I don't want to just, you know, have an intelligent design argument. I always want to make sure we say it's Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, it's right. obvious to to us. It's obvious it's intelligent design. Um, some people don't like to deny that. That's fine. But it's more specific than just intelligent design. We we know who the designer was, so it's not just yeah. uh, just say, oh yeah, there's some intelligence there because that could be any variety of things. It could be anything. So, but, but there has to be something. You're saying this was this was God. Yeah, this is the one true God. The, there had to be three things. Um, intelligence, will, and ability. Because mm -hmm. you had to know something, you had to be able to do something, and you had to want to do something for, for anything to exist. Yeah. And then for that to actually make sense, the most, it's, it's a little bit illogical, but the most logical option is that there was this living being with intelligence, will, and ability that never had a beginning. Because if something always has a beginning, that's also illogical. You can't have an infinite number of first causes, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that was, that was a good talk. We're going to yeah. do more of these, these, these like kind of Genesis, like creation, even yeah. some flood talks and it's stuff. Kind of, kind of the first one here where we're going to, yeah. we're going to explore some more of these, just working our way through Genesis one through 11, um, for a while. We're going to yeah. take breaks and do other things, but we're going to, going to hit a few of these. So, cause Genesis one through 11 literally explains the world, how we see it today. Yeah foundational yep. to to our faith and to the world and what everything mm -hmm. around us so just gonna want to work through a few of these explore some of them to have to have a few discussions and it's gonna be awesome we'll look forward to it so we will see you next time next time